I'm holding myself accountable. I have to be able to look in the mirror and definitely say, okay, Brandy, what did you do to contribute to this? And what could you do to make the situation much better? Produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome back to another episode of The Path Forward. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Rick Fernandez, and I have a very special guest with me today, someone that's going to help me blend a little of the public and the private, if you will, Brandy <laughs> McDonald from Fingate, Project Director and P3 Award winner. As of <laughs> lastly, saw you know how to get that in there. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rick. Thanks so much. Uh, so happy to be here with you. Looking I got to ask before we even dive in, who was the first person you called or and or text when you won the award? <laughs> in all actuality, it was my significant other and he, he was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> way, to, way to hang in there. Way to hang in there. Wait for the big announcement. Thanks for the support. <laughs> so, so tell me, he didn't get it to the following morning? <laughs> he didn't get it to the following morning. After him, I text um, my mom and my and my co-sister. I text them. They got it, but I didn't know that they got it. And so when my niece, my niece uh, lives in New York, and she came to visit me, and she was like, no, Auntie, they got it. And then I checked my phone, <laughs> and of course, my family's like, yay, you know, whatever. But yeah. Uh. He was asleep. Yeah, the first special person was asleep. So. Well, see, in his defense, he was like, oh, she, she's got this. Let me just go on and plan for the, the after party stuff, the welcome, you know, the welcome back and all that. That's what he was doing. I'm going to defend him. Don't even know, don't even know him, but I'm just going just gonna to defend him. That's, that's what I would have done. I'll make sure I let him know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've uh, we've had a chance to, to collaborate on some things more recently with uh, Prince George County, but I want to learn a little bit more about you because I really haven't asked, like, where are you from? How did you even get into this? So just give us a little bit of about your history. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, where I'm from, I'm originally from um, a little town. It's not a rural town, but, you know, small town America. I'm from a little town called Warren, Ohio. Um, it's about 45 minutes east of Cleveland. So it's not even the Cleveland Metropolitan Statistical Area. It's actually the Youngstown, uh, the city of Youngstown Metropolitan Statistical Area. So small town America, once again, um, you know, came from um, parents, you know, who've been married happily for 55 years and have a brother and again, a cousin that was raised with me and I'm actually the middle child. So, um, you know, went to the University of Cincinnati undergrad and, you know, shockingly to many people, I started out in architectural engineering and really was not uh, strong enough at that time. It's not, not, did not have the strong personality that I have right now to stand up to that mean <laughs> you know, you can say uh, that I had. Um, I wish I forgot his name, but I wish I could find to this day. If anybody knows who that was, you know, let me know. But um, you know, I, I definitely dropped out of um, of architectural engineering and moved over into criminal justice because I watched L.A. Law so much and thought that I was going to go. I'm so serious. Back then, you know, L.A. Law was really popular, and I wanted to become a judge. You know, actually, like a federal judge, get up to the uh, federal judge level. Um, but when I came out of college, you know, did a career assessment test, uh, was preparing for law school, was working uh, for a law transcription firm, and they were doing, you know, career assessments. And uh, they had a career assessment done on me, and, and the guy looked at me and said, are you crazy? Like, you don't need to go 
you were you should really be in finance sales and entrepreneurship all this different stuff so anyway um wound up you know moving into banking um eventually wound up into municipal investment banking um and became also to a commercial real estate lender so i spent the bulk of my finance or my career at the beginning in finance in commercial real estate finance to tell you the truth and moved into the construction career with the help of uh, clark construction back in uh, 2009 I was approached uh, as a woman of color and, you know, one who had strong business acumen to start my own uh, con contracting firm. And so I started um, an elevator firm by the name of Greekon Elevator and had that for seven years prior to moving into construction management. Um, so I've had, I've touched every bit, it seems like, of uh, commercial real estate, which is really fun. Um, I'm a bit of a unicorn um, in this market, um, but that, that's the way it came. And how I got into P3s, man, oh man. Um, you know, I will tell you that uh, there was a recruiter that approached me. I was actually with a firm, a wonderful firm by the name of MGAC. Shout out to Mark G. Anderson and consultants. Um, that was a fabulous, you know, an amazing boutique uh, construction management firm here in D.C. I was sitting over at D.C. government um, specializing in schools, to tell you the truth, and staff augmentation uh, with the D.C. government crew. Shout out to my former D.C. government colleagues there. And uh, we, you know, I, I, I guess I posted a lot on LinkedIn and somebody saw me and, uh, you know, there was a recruiter that reached out and asked if I wanted to uh, take a look at this position. I knew about the project because I was uh, one on my team who looked at solicitations and, and worked on proposals. And so I was very familiar. Um, and with the help of, you know, some of those that I look up to in this industry, um, they convinced me to apply for the position. Um, and, you know, Andrea McLean, who is my boss at Fingate, she'll laugh, but I kept seeing somebody from Fingate stalking my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> and I, you know, I asked the recruiter, who did you tell, you know, like, who's looking at my profile from, uh, you know, from Fingate? And he, he told me, he says, probably, you know, Andrew McLean, the hiring manager. Um, and when I met her and, uh, you know, and Steve Rutledge and Ajidio Mosca, um, you know, I just I fell right in love with them and the team. And so I've been here ever since. Well, so if we could back up, because I'm very curious to know, uh, you know, being a former educator and working with kids, as you're going through some of these transitions, how did you break the news to your parents anytime you wanted to make a change and kind of what was their push or pull, if you will, and, and support? <laughs> so I will tell you, um, you know, my parents are traditional. They are very, obviously, they've been married for 55 <laughs> years, right? In this small town America. They are traditionalists, um, you know, and over time they've become a little bit more loose, you know, in regards to that. But they were, you know, individuals who worked in their jobs for 30 years. My mother was a, you know, a manager. She was in the office, you know, at General Motors or so Delphi Automotive Systems, which was a conglomerate of uh, General Motors. And my father was a UPS truck driver for 30 years. Literally, yeah, I mean, 30, in the field for 30 years, 30 something years. And so for them, you know, whenever I would make a transition, they'd be like, oh, you know, this is, oh, you know, but I would say, oh, I'm elevating myself, you know, hold on, you know, as you know, most of you now, you know, we're at, we elevate ourselves, you know, when we make transitions. And so they, they, you know, got to under, they came to the point where they understood, you know, and, and now they, you know, they truly understand. But back then I could tell you, and especially when I came out of college, they were like, you need to find a career and a job and stick to it and be there for 30 years. And I was like, I don't think that's right. I don't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> no, I mean, in, in nail on the head is with, with now, if you look at the job trends, people are changing 
four or five times, you know, within yeah. a, a, a 10 year span. It's just, oh, yeah. it's kind of the way of the workforce now is that it's yeah. not, it used to be frowned upon. I used to get the same advice. Like you need to stick at least three, four five years mm -hmm. and, and set some roots. And then I was like, what? what if you don't like it or what if they don't like you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> What do you, what do you, what do you do? You just, you both just eke it out like that's, uh, that doesn't sound right to me either. So yeah, um, yeah. this, but this, the, the millennial generation and, and really a, a lot of COVID forced folks to, to kind of get outside that lane and start looking mm -hmm. around. All right, well, if there's opportunity, I, I'm, I'm going to take a look at it. And I think, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a great story though, but I, I like the, my parents are very much the same. Anytime I've done something like when I changed from, and educa education to the, to the private sector, I get that, that kind of the eye raise, like, we know you're hard-headed, so we're not really going to say anything at this moment about it, but you just see, like, all of the, are you sure? What are you talking about? Why are you doing this, you know? Um, but so why FinGate? Like, is it more fit? Is it the people that you work with? Like, how do you go? It seems like you have plenty of opportunities. How do you know where to go and, and why do you stay? So Fingate is amazing, you know, and I think, you know, your counterparts, Rick, you know, that know Fingate oh so well, you know, like Tom Ness and those guys, they would tell you all day, every day, um, even in their previous lives prior to answer, you know, they've worked with Fingate, you know, on various projects and, you know, Fingate is just an amazing firm. I, you know, the, the ownership and the leadership at Fingate really does care about its employees or their employees. Um, the employees come first and, you know, and that's really important to, you know, Lou Serafini and, you know, and George and, and Marty and so many others that are there, you know, in leadership positions at Fingate, you know, just the fact that they really, really do care about their employees. They want to make sure that, you know, we, we know if we, if we have a plan, you know, for where we want to go, that, that plan, that they're able to fit or we're able to fit within that plan at Fingate. And so really, it's just a great company. And, you know, it's not just the fact of the employees. It's a, it's a reputable company that has been around for 40 plus years. In addition to that, they're one of the top, you know, developers and equity providers in North America, you know, as far as P3s are concerned. So you couldn't be with a better company. You know, oftentimes, you know, when I walk into rooms, you know, at various, uh, you know, whether events or conferences or whatever else. And I will tell you my very first P3 conference, I, you know, when I got to the conference, there were many people, they just didn't, they didn't know who I was. I didn't know who people were, you know, obviously I'm a little bit nervous. I'm going to be on these panels and I'm like, okay, I just walked into this space. I have no idea what I'm talking about here. I know public sector, but I don't know P3. Um, but the one thing that made me feel really comfortable was when I did show up at these conferences and people looked at my name tag. And the first thing that they saw was Fingate Asset Management. And everybody, I mean, everybody was like, you work for Fingate? where do you live? You're in, you're in the U S like what's going on, you know, like you're not from Canada. And I was like, no, mm -mm. I actually live in DC, you know? And so, um, you know, it's just a great firm to be with. It, it really is. Well, that's awesome. You know, um, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard of it, heard of the name and being in the space a little while, but uh, getting to meet you and, and learn from you has been your nail on the head. I mean, what a, what a great firm. And it's my pleasure to work with you and then learn, your side of these P3 interactions because, you know, they're pretty complex and it's not something that is easily maneuvered and just the expertise having in the room to, to assist the educators. Cause that's obviously, you know, my heart is always with them trying to figure out how do we deliver stuff for students, right? For students in the community. As you're going through these transitions, is there one mentor that you can, you can point to? Cause I, I truly believe that all students needed a mentor, somebody, 
to help them with that career path? Is there somebody that you point to is like, that's my, my kind of my guide, my rock when something is, is getting tough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have an amazing mentor, I will tell you. Um, uh, my mentor is uh, Carl Mayfield, who is senior or actually executive vice president for construction with uh, Park Hotels, which is a REIT, a minority run, run REIT, hospitality REIT. Um, he used to be senior vice president for um, RLJ Hotels, which is uh, Bob Johnson, who formerly used to own BET's company or his REIT that he started. Um, Carl is amazing. Um, I know Carl, uh, I met Carl originally, you know, through the commercial real estate industry when I was president of African American real estate professionals, I asked him to serve on my advisory board, but Carl also too, we go to church together. And so, um, he knows me, you know, I know his, uh, you know, him and his wife, um, he is an amazing individual. He challenges me in ways that I have not been challenged before. Um, and I will tell you, Rick, you know, I didn't have a mentor, like a true mentor. I've always had cheerleaders, a lot of cheerleaders. We know that there's a big difference. Um, I've always had a lot of cheerleaders that stood by me, behind me and always rooted me on with their pom-poms. But I didn't actually ask someone to be my mentor until like 2018. And I reached out to Carl and said, hey, I'm starting to have this really great career in construction management. Um, I really want to work with someone whose job I want. That's what, you know, I like that. that. Yeah. And so that was how I selected him. And when I reached out to him and asked him, you know, what, um, Carl, would you please be my mentor? He certainly said, yes. He said, I would love to be your mentor. And I thought it was so sweet the way that he responded, you know, to that. And so he has been so incredibly helpful for many of us that are here in the DC area and just nationally, especially those who are in the hospitality sector, they are very familiar with Carl and his work and the respect that he has in the industry. But I will tell you that there are others that have been, you know, that have been, um, you know, instrumental along the way, you know, throughout my careers. I, you know, he'd be very shocked to hear this, but Michael Carter, who sits over at McKissick and McKissick, love Michael to death. Um, Michael was very instrumental, I will tell you, in me becoming a better construction manager. Um, you know, while, you know, obviously I could do the job, right? You know, I walked in, was able to do the job and did it well. But when I started to work under him, he was just an incredible leader who really, really did challenge those, you know, that were working under him to be the best construction managers that we could be, to bother people, to constantly, you know, touch people and say, hey, what's going on? And why is that happening? And why has it not been resolved? And whatever else. And he'll laugh when he hears this, but, you know, it's definitely, he's been, he's been very instrumental, I will tell you that. So you, I want to get off script one for one second because you brought up something very key. Is there? Mm -hmm. Can you point to one of the challenges from your mentor? Because I think you you bring up a great point that sometimes we confuse what our support and cheerleaders are versus somebody that makes us better, right? Is there something you can put like a, like an instance where you can say this is, was a challenging moment that that made me better? Um, you know, my my mentor is very good with helping me work through, you know, when there's when you see difficult times, like, for instance, mm -hmm. difficult relationships, what he does for me is if I'm having a difficult time with someone, you know, like I'll talk to him, I'll talk through with him, perhaps what's going on on my projects. And he oftentimes helps me to realize and have me take accountability for things. And oftentimes he will say to me, is it really them or is it you? <laughs> And I'm like, well, wait a minute, are we like in therapy? Like, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. no, it's not me, it's them. You know, right? <laughs> I called you because it's them. <laughs> but he, he is really great in that manner because he really does hold and make sure that I hold my, you know, that 
I'm holding myself accountable. I have to be able to look in the mirror and definitely say, you know, in the mirror, like, okay, Brandy, what did you do to contribute to this? And what could you do to make the situation much better? So that, that has been, you know, challenging, you know, in that regard. Um, you know, when I made the change, you know, made the change to Fingate, you know, he actually challenged me on, you know, the different companies and what was the, you know, what were the benefits, obviously the pros and the cons to moving, you know, to Fingate versus actually, you know, staying and remaining with MGAC where I'd have such a great career with that firm and knew that I was moving up, you know, moving up the ladder at MGAC and earning a lot of respect there. And so there's, he definitely challenges in, in many ways, um, in ways that sometimes are not the most comfortable, but you know, it, it, that's what right. it was for. That's mm-hmm. where, that's where the growth comes from, right? All, mm-hmm. the, all the discomfort, mm-hmm. you know, I was marveling as we were visiting uh, the school district a couple of weeks ago, how you're able to take something that's very, very complex and break it down uh, and share it with, with folks that are obviously just learning about it, right? Novices. What's your formula for doing that? How do you know, how do you do that? Is there something that you that you look to or a recipe that you say, all right, I know this is going to be a complex problem, but I got to make sure the end users are going to understand what this looks like. I think it's important to be one who's actually experienced and who's worked with jurisdictions. You know, having been staff augmentation with DC government with the Department of General Services, it allows me to see what that what the client really needs and what's problematic for the client and really being able to speak to them from that particular side having sat there and so oftentimes you know and i call it breaking it down into layman terms you know more so than anything else so and not necessarily not dumbing it down or anything like that but it's very important to be able to speak to those who are clients, who are potential clients, and those who will or who could benefit from this particular delivery method, and utilize basically the language that they would typically, you know, utilize as CIP individuals who are, you know, within the CIP realm, and and those who are making decisions from the construction management and also too from the facilities perspective. Um, it's just very important to have that experience there, and that's what I do. I bring my experience that I've had sitting there having delivered, you know, been a part of not only just stabilization and smaller projects, you know, just like the HVACs and the elevator modernizations and the smaller projects that are there that are needed in schools, but then also too, you know, being able to speak to one who has actually delivered and, you know, done large, you know, 100 plus million, you know, dollar school, um, you know, and modernize that and and the pains that one goes through, you know, as a decision maker, while actually trying to get that off the ground, get the budget in place, ask for more money, you know, deal with the residents that are actually there that they want to see different things in the school, telling the residents no, when you're not really supposed to tell them no, you know, just whatever it may be, you have to have that experience there in order to make those individuals feel very comfortable. What would you say is the most stressful part? Like if you, if you reflect back on this first delivery for Prince George County, there's a lot of money on the line. There's a lot of people that, you know, have, have an investment on one side. Um, there's a lot of timelines for a school district and the, the needs of the students. Many things could go wrong, right? Um, what's the most stressful part and how do you kind of manage it? Oh man, um, there's so many stressful parts i will tell you um delivering a p3 um i'll 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 speak to two things one the most stressful uh part of this project was dealing with the politics you know that that was incredibly stressful especially when you have new politicians who come into play um 
and and have not you know seen a project of this caliber we had we had some naysayers and you know and of course that it was my job along with you know our lobbyists to you know sit and have those conversations with those politicians to assure them that this is this is the right step for Prince George's County in order to make things happen for their residents and to basically keep up with the growth you know there for their for these residents and their and their children um and then also too I will tell you the transition process oh my gosh you know like that. <laughs> that's all right that's all right we're, we're all friends here and I will tell you you know Sean Sean uh, laughed at me, Sean Matlock of PGCPS, you know, he picks on me because the day that we turned over on, I think it was July 15th, um, you know, I work from home, you know, for because obviously, you know, Fingate is in Canada and, I, and I'm here in the DC area, um, you know, but that day I literally jumped out of my seat and, you know, got in my car and like showed up, you know, on the project site, like what is going on? Um, and this was, you know, like, or I should say on the day that we turned over, I was there, but there was another day throughout the transition process is what I'm speaking of when I literally had to jump in my car. And this is when we were turning over keys and, you know, to the administrative right. staff. And and it didn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't the most pleasant experience, I will tell you that. Um, but the team got it together and we did what was absolutely necessary. And I'm hearing, you know, from my colleagues, you know, at Fingate who actually work on these these projects all day, every day, and have seen numerous. Um, you know, one of our VPs, Egidio Mosca, has been, you know, he's seen ten of these, you know, ten different transitions of That's these crazy. projects. Yeah. So he can speak to this, you know, all day, every day. And he was like, Brandy, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. It always ends up like this. You know, and of course, me being the perfectionist that I am. You know, I'm like, oh my God, you know, like what's going on? I like, what guys, what, you know, what, why don't we have the keys ready? And what happened? And, uh, you know, and I'm drilling everybody and I'm standing out in the parking lot of Adelphi Middle School, you know, pretty much like seething, like, <laughs> which one of y'all am I going to strangle first to get these doors open? <laughs> I'm out looking for people in my car, you know, like, just, you know, so anyway, it, um, the transition process was, um, you know, definitely challenging, a little challenging. Um, but, you know, of course, it's a learning lesson for all. You know, this is my first transition with, you know, a P3. This was PGCPS's first transition with a P3. So obviously getting everybody on board, even in the individual schools, and you've got, you know, people who are, you know, the superintendents who are actually there on the ground, you know, who are on the cleaning staff and think they want to do their thing. And we're all like, no, 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 no. Don't touch anything. You're going to, you know, warrant, you know, void a warranty or just whatever else. So. That that was definitely one of the other um, difficulties about the project. What are you most proud of about the project? Oh man, uh, seeing the uh, students and the administrators smile. It, it, just just give some specifics. Like what what was it that that when you saw it all kind of come together? Oh man. Um, I will tell you, uh, Adelphi to me, which was one of the schools, and it's in a, it's in a location where the Latino population is, and um, they did not have a middle school to service that population or to serve that population. The day, and, that, and while I was so incredibly proud of all of the schools, the day of that brow, that that uh, that ribbon cutting, I had tears in my eyes on that day, because it was just so special to see these children who are probably first-generation Americans 
who are getting their own individual school in their community. And it is a school that speaks to their community. So it's not just, there's not signage that is just in the English language, but there is actually signage that's in Spanish in that school. And, and to me, it was so wonderful because throughout the uh, ribbon cutting, obviously there was translation, you know, that was happening, you know, throughout the, mm -hmm. the entire uh, ceremony. And just the, the, those that came from, uh, whether the Board of Education um, that were from the Latino culture and also to um, those from council, um, the things that they said to those children were so amazing. And so for me, that was like a proud, a really proud moment. You know, Prince George's County is already diverse. You know, it's a, it's a diversely run county um, and, and, you know, with primarily African-Americans that are there. But to actually see, you know, another culture be such an important part of that jurisdiction and to see that culture truly celebrated, that to me, that was a tearjerker. It, so it, makes, really it makes all the pain, makes all the pain worth it, doesn't it? Oh, it <laughs> does. It does. And those kids, and, and I'll tell you, I, I was, there's um, a young lady, and she's not really, you know, she, she's young, younger than me, much younger than me, but she's a teacher at Walker Mill. And I'll tell you that Walker Mill was our last uh, ribbon cutting. And I didn't know Maya was a teacher at Walker Mill. I knew she was a teacher, but I didn't know she was there. And I, when I walked in and I was talking to, you know, some, some of the, our colleagues, you know, and, and just sharing some things, I heard somebody, you know, yell out Brandy. And she jumped down from the stands. <laughs> she was sitting among her students and she jumped down from the stands and she ran up and she hugged me. And she said, I had no idea that this was your project. And she said, I'm a teacher here. And again, I know her from church. And so that that to me, that was, I was like, oh, I, you know, and it would be that was a great picture of us, this great selfie of her and I, you know, on the day of the ribbon cutting at Walker Mill. So that was very special. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm glad you could be there for that and see, you know, see the the kids and their their joy and the, and the teachers. That that's, makes all the pain of any decision that has to go with schools yeah. um, well worth it. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're very successful. Um, and this is just another testament to that delivering this project that's really one of a kind. What's our responsibility? What's your responsibility? What's my responsibility to to reach back and and help mentor the next generation? Oh man, it's um, it it is it's our it is up to us to make sure that there are others who come up and that we reach down and we pull up others so they can do the same. Um, I am one who, who totally believes in mentorship. I have a couple of mentees myself. Um, I just had somebody ask me to be a mentor just the other day on Thursday night. And I, you know, I was sitting there, I was, she, she's going to laugh when she sees this, but I, you know, I was pretty much almost in tears and I'm like, okay, we got to go get an award here, you know, just like, <laughs> but you know, but I, you know, I think that it's, it is so um, important that we reach down, we tell, you know, that we help others who really want to do this. I will tell you as one who's a project director and oftentimes has uh, multiple teams, you know, that are reporting up to us. The one thing that I do is I always make sure that those kids that are actually on these projects, when they, when I walk in, that they know who I am, that I speak to them and they know that I know their name because I know that someday they're going to be in my shoes. And that's very important. I will never be a project director, anybody, any or anything else above a project director that won't know those individuals that are serving on my team. Um, I want to make sure that they're appreciated every day because, again, I want to see them stand up to this level. And I want them to say at some point, 
you know what, because I saw her and I thought that she was great and she knew who I was and she knew what I did and she challenged me even when I did, you know, when I didn't think I needed to be challenged, that I actually want to have that type of role one day. And so I think it's very important that we remain the best people that we could possibly be. So those who actually are coming up and, and you know, and who wish to be in our shoes at some point definitely do continue to, you know, actually make those moves in order to make that necessary. I love it. That, that leads me right into to my next question. So as you're as you're getting a new mentee during the awards, ta- all right, take me through take me through the awards night. Okay. Obviously, we got to the part after after you won, and nobody knew at the house. But that's that's another story. But so you get so just to walk take me through it briefly. Like get there. Who are you sitting with? What are y'all doing? What are you talking about? Are you nervous? Uh, oh man, my colleague Carl Schaefer was sitting next to me. He he was on the LAX Conrad project out in uh, LA, and uh, Carl said, "Brandy, you know this is earlier in the night." And he said, "Are you nervous?" And I said, "No, no, I'm not nervous. You know, I was I wasn't nervous. You know, this was this was early. I want you to know. You know, we're sitting at at the table, and we're all laughing. We're having a good time. And as uh, you know, they did. Uh, they had uh, the Woman of the Year first, which you know my my colleague Valerie Blanche won." But it seemed like after they announced that and after Valerie got her award, then all of a sudden I started sweating bullets. I will not tell a lie. I was sitting at the table and I was like, man, and they started running through those who I was up against with this award. And I was like, wow, those are some really heavy hitters. These are some people. And I said, I didn't win. You know, and I just thought to myself, like something came over me that said I didn't win. And it's okay even if I even if I didn't win. And to tell you the truth, when they called my name, it was almost like a blackout moment. Like, you know, almost, you know how you. It see took a minute women. to register. Like, right, it did. You see, you know how you see the women on the Miss America pageant, and they're like, oh. <laughs> you know. And I was kind of like, I didn't do that, but I got my foot stuck on the leg, you know, underneath the table when I got up. So you know, it was just, it was really funny. So you know, I'm like trying to like, trip, you know, not fall in a gown, um, and Carl's trying to help me. By the way, uh, part, you know, partnership bulletin, please don't put that table back there in the corner by the left <laughs> right because the railing again. We had to move the table all night. Like Jensen's mm-hmm. pulling the table forward towards him as I'm getting up and we're pulling it towards us as he's getting up. So anyway, um, you know, I, it was a great night, um, you know, to win and to see so many of my colleagues, you know, that are there in the room, those that I've worked with those that I've met along the way, those that I work with on various committees, you know, with the, um, you know, the Association for the the Improvement of American Infrastructure, whether it's the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, whether it's the Community-Based Infrastructure Committee, whether it's the S4 Committee, to see all of those individuals in the room, you know, smiling and cheering, and to have individuals walk up to me afterwards and, and give me words of affirmation. That to me, that was a you know a really really good moment, and it was a it was a really good night. So very proud of that. Well, officially, congratulations! But uh, I saw all the postings, and I I was I was trying hard. I was trying to make you. I was going to make you laugh on some posts, but I said no, 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 not soon, not soon. It's too soon. Let let let's let it settle in, and and all the all the kudos come down, and then I'll try to think of something to make you laugh. But oh, man. I wish you would have did it because we wouldn't be us, right? If we weren't laughing. Come on, man. Oh, yes. No, that's uh, one thing I, I love about you is your sense of humor, like dealing with all of the education. I'll just say stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, you gotta have, you gotta have an, and, and it brings me to that next point. Have a little fun. Do you remember when we were at Prince George County and uh, Sean and Jason, shout out to them. We're talking a little bit about the urgency 
Um, and then you kind of launched into a little bit of a speech about uh, <laughs> how ready they have to be in terms of their, their team. <laughs> that was the best speech I had heard in a long time told yeah. to educators. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think um, the difference was, and especially living here, you know, I know what jurisdictions are kind of doing what, right? You know, who has what consultants, whether it's NGAC, Brailsford and Dunleavy, McKissick and McKissick, who's doing what and who has what on their teams? And it was a little bit different for PGCPF. They did not. And I, you know, and I was, I am so serious. Can you recreate that? Can you recreate it? Pretend oh, like, pretend, yeah, pretend yeah, I'm Jason. No. Yeah, what I said to Jason, like, you know, when I first came on board and I was like, where is your owner's rep? Like, no, no, you, this is not going to happen, you know, without you having an owner's rep. Like, Jason, you are not a construction person, you know, like you are not a construction, you know, professional. You cannot do this by yourself. Like, where is your owner's rep? And he, he, you know, he took it to heart and he was like, you know what, I got to get an owner's rep. I kept saying it. I put it in my reports to my, you know, to those that I report up to our steering committee. And I was like, Prince George County does not have an owner's rep. This is a problem. Like we've, you know, we've got to get this in place. And he did, he moved really quick and he put it, he put one in place, but the urgency, oh my goodness, you know, that to me, I was like, how is this even happening without that, you know, being in place and you, and a jurisdiction does have to be ready, ready, ready. Absolutely. No, absolutely. But that, but that was a key message um, and, and a point that I have failed to, to make or include in, in other discussions about the level of urgency is, is different with, with this type of procurement and um, that, but I loved it because that sometimes can be, we, uh, we can get in our own way. I'll just say mm -hmm. it like that, right? But mm -hmm. no, but Jason is obviously very talented young man, but um, I would have been the same way. I'd been like, what do you mean I need an ownership? What, what are we talking about? Like, owning what? What are they going to own? I thought we said it was our schools. They can't own the schools. Like, I don't think that's going to fly. Like, that would have been me sitting yeah. there, you know, because you, you work in schools and, and you get used to, to the, the, the natural way of, of doing things. So, yeah. um, but I, I love the story because it was great to like eye-opening moment that, you know, we've all had on the school side of things. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Gotta be real, gotta be honest. Um, you know, there are some individuals, you know, in school systems that, you know, don't always understand how honest we have to be. Um, no. But I, you know, I can tell you, you know, as one who's, you know, been in construction management for a number of years now, you know, I, I definitely believe in being honest, sometimes probably too honest. You know, and sometimes I have to shut it off if I'm not talking to somebody who's on the construction side, um, you know, but the fact is that, you know, we are we are who we are and we're good at what we do because we are honest and we share that information. And, you know, and, you know, with Jason, I know Jason appreciates us. There's been plenty of times when I've said to him, you know, off the record, you know, hey, you you know, get, 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 yeah, let's get it together. Like, you know, just whatever, you know, like look, that's not gonna work, you know, just whatever else, you know, and, or just, you know, say, putting my um, owner's rep hat on and, and literally saying, hey, sure. you know, you know, Jason, I know you want to fight for this, but you know, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know about that, you know, like, let's really talk about this. So anyway, we've got, we've got to be the best that we could be. What do you do? What do you do for fun? Oh, man. Um, so fun. Uh, golf. <laughs> not now, because it's too cold. Um, but golf is one thing that I definitely enjoy. Um, I didn't get get out much this year. Unfortunately, my, my counterparts that golf with me, um, 
they they have they they have some nicknames for me because I didn't get to get out with them, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, but that is that is one thing that I truly do enjoy. And then I also too do enjoy um, sewing, um, and I'm involved in a couple of community organizations. So I love the arts, and I am a creative myself. Um, and so I, I do love working with children in the arts. Well, good. What favorite favorite movie? Oh man. Oh, let's see. One of my favorite movies, I, I'm like one that just comes off the top of my head is probably um, Harlem Nights. There's there's many, but Harlem Nights. I love one. Harlem Nights. <laughs> Harlem Nights is probably one of the top. Um, at sits at the top of my list. There's a few. Uh, I, well, I was going to ask you to to do a little bit for, from you know pick pick a couple of quotes, but it's probably probably not safe to pick pick from that. But oh, I love Harlem. I, I see such a big Red Fox you know, yeah. fan. Yeah. Like I just love. Uh, yeah. Oh God, that's a that's a great movie. Absolutely. Um, okay, last one, and I'll let you go. What's next? What's next for Brandy? Uh, you know, well, we'll see. You know, we're we're continuing to, you know, obviously, you know, with Fingate saying with Fingate, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, we're we're looking at you know more projects that are coming online. We're trying to see what projects are going to come online. I think what's next for me is you know just making sure that you know more jurisdictions know working with um, you know AI AI. Um, and individuals like yourself, who I love working with, you know, to make sure that we educate these jurisdictions out here. And I think it's it's more so, I think a roadshow is probably what's next more so than anything else uh, to be out here in front of these various jurisdictions and, and telling the story of PGCPS, telling the story of the benefit of um, P3, not just in schools, but also to in any type of social infrastructure, because we know that this is yeah. so very new here to the United States. Um, but that, I think that that's really what's next for me. Well, awesome. Well, I, I would love to be a part of any road shows as long as uh, my my folks that, that answer uh, are good with that. They, they, they've yeah. given me a lot of a lot of brain to, to come and learn and be a part of things. So I, I truly appreciate that. Well, well, we'll, just, we'll just say this, Tom, give Rick what he needs. Okay, that's it. <laughs> there you go. You, you, heard, you heard it here first. Tom Neth, you heard it here. <laughs> Any any final shout outs before we go? Because I know I've kept you longer than I than I tried to. But um, anybody you want to shout out before we go? Um, you know, would just like to shout out. You know, all of those that voted for me definitely for the P three awards. I'm not going to call names, but I do know who all of you are, um, and so many of you who I respect, who I give the utmost respect to. So thank you so much. Thank you to um, my team at uh, you know, and my friends and and my co- my work colleagues at at uh, Fingate Asset Management who nominated me. Um, you know, I definitely will tell you that I shared, I, I, I cried a lot when I got that nomination. So thank you so very much. So that's really, that's the shout outs I have. I'm getting teary eyed now. So anyway, <laughs> I'm such a sap when it comes to this. I get very emotional, but thank you all so much for um, selecting me and um, thinking so much of me. And Rick, thank you for asking me to do this. No, thank you. Thank you for taking some time. I, I really wanted to hear the story behind the story, right? Because I, I've really been blown away by you. I'm not saying that because we're, I mean, we don't even have to, we don't have to even air this part. I'm telling you that because I really have been blown away by you and your ability to navigate very different systems, right? And, and pull and help pull it together. And that's, um, that's amazing. And it's definitely something education could, could use right about now. So more thanks to you for, for helping start this path for, for, for procurement because it's a tough time in education. So we need all the help we can get. It is. 
or anything I can do, you know, I'm here to help. Brandy, if there's an organization or a municipality or anyone that wants to find out more about P3 social infrastructure, is there somewhere they can go to learn? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one can uh, definitely visit uh, the AIAI's uh, website and that'll actually be in the link uh, here. You guys can see that there. But AIAI is the Association for the Improvement of Infrastructure. We are the P3 people. And so, um, you know, for those that are very interested in finding out more information, I encourage you to reach out to that website and reach out to the AIAI team and find out how you can uh, receive more information about P3s and the delivery method. Well, thanks for joining me today. All right. Thanks, sir. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Produced by Podcast Architects.